done it. Now Caruso runs a break. Caldwell Pope goes to the wing here. Defensive end got blown by back. Oh, yes. Hook jam. Hart step back. Puts up the three. Got hit. Shots good. And one. Oh, Russell Westbrook. We back. We here. I know it's been some time. I know it's been some time, people. Way too long. Way too long. You know, we, we, we try to get this show out as best as we can in the time that we have. But we're here again. It's April 6th as we are recording this. In the nighttime, we got NBA games going on right now as we speak. Eastern Standard Time is 10.04. George Central is 9.04. Bucket Patrol, what's up, man? Welcome back. Well, I'm glad to be back, bro. You need to have me on more often. Where you been at? You been hopping in or something? Man, you 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 know our schedule's been conflicting with this stuff, man. You know, and it's it's hard, you know, just get some stuff going. You know, it's all right. We here though, right now. All right, let's do it then. I'm feeling like I need a dub on my dub in my bag for a minute. It's been a little minute since I collected one of these dubs on this thing here. Yeah, that does. Let me come if back you, for that. If you call it a dub, let's talk about somebody who who took it ill, but to him, <laughs> it's still a dub. You know, hey. I'm talking about my man, the truth. <laughs> Paul Pierce, man. Can't handle it. And one of the most, you know, just out of, this most random things that happened on a Friday night in NBA history. Just random. Just random. 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 Paul Pierce went live on his Instagram and, you know, he was having what a lot of, what a lot of men, you know, especially black men probably do, especially rich black men do on a private time or on weekends, you know, have the boys over. Play some poker. Ain't no wrong with that. Ain't no wrong with that. Taking some drink. You know, he's of age. He's about 43. Smoking some weed. Now he's in California. That, that's legal. That's okay. That's okay. Got the strippers over at the house. They under consent. He done purchased them. They, you know, it's all good. Now, those activities is fine. To me, you know, it's fine. But it's the fact he posted on Instagram live. Days later, that's been confirmed today. He's been fired from ESPN. Now, many people are, you know, saying that this is the main reason uh, that this happened. Uh, some people are speculating that Paul Pierce knew this day was coming or, you know, something was going to happen. So that's why he did it, because Paul Pierce never did anything like this before. That's why it was so random, too. <laughs> this, this, this thing I <laughs> so out of left field. Did you send that to me or did I send that to you? I remember that happened. And I feel Man. like I talked to you about it because I was so confused. I'm thinking, bro, like, is this actually like Paul, Paul Pierce? Is Man. this like Paul Bunyan? <laughs> The true Paul Pierce, thirty-four. Paul, Paul Revere, like it can't, it can't be Pierce. It can't Paul be Rudd, Paul. happy birthday, Paul. Paul Rudd. Rudd, happy birthday. Is this birthday today? It happy is. Birthday. It is. Happy, happy birthday. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was Paul Pierce. And you know the crazy thing is, at the at the time, Walt Nelson actually called it live. He said, but at the time it was only three hundred fifteen people watching it though. Three hundred fifteen too many. And you lot and you know everybody, you know people, you know the live story. You know somebody gonna screen record it and post it oh, later. Yeah. That's what happened anyway. Because if three, three hundred fifteen people just you know watched it and it went only away, takes one, only takes only one, takes one. So what you what you think about this bucket show? Do you think Paul deserved to be fired for this? I don't think he deserved to be fired for it specifically for that. Because, I mean, like you say, he's a grown man spending his own money with legal transactions, I'm going to assume, for all of these slight debaucherous activities. <laughs> but you don't you don't mess around with that mouse, Kendall. You don't mess around with the mouse, yeah. all right? Trust me, he, I know. He got a brand to uphold, all right? Uh-huh. And you can't be going, oh, uh-huh. you can't be messing with the mouse. Got, he's got a brand to uphold. <laughs> got, he's right here. He's watching me. I, exactly. I know. Our corporate overlords don't play that game. That's bad for business. So I don't know. The thing is, in my head, I was thinking when I watched that, because I seen it while he was live, and I was so confused. I'm thinking, you watched Paul it Pierce. live? Oh, yeah, I seen it because I follow Paul Pierce. And I don't know. I follow Paul Pierce. And I seen that. I was thinking, hold on, bro. Wait a minute. Is this okay? Like, he's a grown man. He's cool. But I feel like this is like some, oh, like, it's basically like on, there was one day I seen a live with, uh, with Blueface when he was at the club with a whole bunch of bottles and bitches. And I'm thinking, okay, Paul Pierce got Blueface energy now. 
is Disney okay with that? Like, does that fit the mouse's brand? And, and sure enough, he got he got fired the next day. So, but I, I hear what you're saying though, because I feel like he must have been on the chopping block because then he posted after that hashtag freedom or something like that. He said hashtag smile and he posted a video of him, you know, laughing with the shades on, which it could be taken two ways. It could be taken. He's actually happy that he got fired. But I assume, you know, kind of thinking playing both sides with him having those shades. I'm thinking maybe this man's crying. Somebody said, we seen this man go through a mental health breakdown, life crisis. I'm like, no, he fake. You know, he fake pooping his pants to get off the basketball court. And he did wheel him off a wheelchair and came back with both legs working the next day. <laughs> no, this ain't game. This ain't this game. game. This ain't game. <laughs> and Chew. Right. I think, and I, think, I, think, I think it was the Lakers, too, that he did that against. I think it was the Lakers. I think they won a championship. The, name, the names aren't that important, honestly. I think it was the Lakers. Yeah. But anyway, I thought we were talking about this. Uh, <laughs> but, I, I mean, to me, like you said, right, he is, on, he's obviously up to Be professional. What? Anyways, I think, like I said, to me, he, he is of age. He is of, like of consent to do this. Um, but it's the fact that he posted it on, you know, on his on his Instagram live. And it was late at night when it got posted. You know, him being on the Western Coast time, I think he maybe assumed that nobody's going to really see it. And like I said, there's only 300 people at a time that watched it. You know, if you see like the videos, you can post out there in the screenshots. But as you stated, you know, when you work for certain companies, me, you know, knowing this firsthand, like you can't. You can't be, you can't really publicize some of the things you do because it's a reflection of the company and the company reputation. You know, right. there was like we 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 all remember that video of when the Clippers played the Hawks. Maybe it was it was last season, and Kawhi Leonard was in the strip club with the New Balance hoodie and the stripper was dancing <laughs> on. Now nobody we didn't say nothing to Kawhi because somebody recorded him. He Kawhi wasn't on there saying right. what do baby, what do baby, <laughs> yeah, what the money. Be? He didn't do all that. He got recorded, and you know obviously. At that point, you know, you can't get in trouble if somebody recorded you. Like, you didn't do it. Somebody's just catching you doing stuff like that. But it's the fact that he went on his own accord to post it. I think it's where he got fired for. And, you know, if somebody else, like one of his homeboys is there recording him, I don't think he got fired for it. But it, it was, know. it's just what it's just like, why did he go live? That's why I feel like I don't want to definitively say, like, as a grown man, he knows better than to, you know, go live and do something like that. But I feel like you a public figure and you work for Disney. Like it's the same people putting out Hannah Montana and Toy Story. Like you can't be on on live with weed and females and all that stuff acting a fool. Like you gotta you gotta know better than that. So I feel like he might have already known he was out the door for something already. And he felt like, well, hey, I'm a you can't fire me. I quit. And this is him putting in his resignation letter. I don't know. That's speculation. I can't prove that. But I just feel like Paul Pierce, even though he thinks he's better than D Wade, he might be he knows better. Actually, that's how I remember because I remember I, I, I sent you the video. I said he might be better than D Wade after all. Yes, that <laughs> was <laughs> Hey, that was hey, that is one of Paul's highlights. Excuse me, working for ESPN. He's been with the company for three years, and you know he said he got bigger things coming in the future. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what that is. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, that man's the truth for show. He is the truth, man. Hey, he is the truth, man. That was just funny to see. He said, "Tell him your accent." Tell him your accent. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, All right. He was wild. he was smoking the weed. He was over, and you—that's why I say you know he's doing attention. He had the phone up. You know he was going like he's hey, having a time of his life. Time this the time thing, of his life. The things your uncles and you know that you know black folks be doing on the weekend. You know it, that's he's just publicizing. So it ain't he ain't doing nothing too crazy. It's just the fact that he put it out there for the world to see. Uh, let's let's talk about something else that was put out to the world to see. Finally, after being anticipated for many years, Space Jam Two. First trailer has been released starring Lebanon on Lebanon, LeBron James. King James. Go. Nah, I ain't gonna call him Coach. Go, go, go. You said it right. Go ahead. Let it out. Nah, it feel good. It yet. feel natural. He ain't there yet. He ain't there yet. He ain't there yet. If he wins this year, he could be gold in my eyes. Cool. He, I'll come back. To, I'll come find you in July. If he, if he, if he goes through the gauntlet of the Western Conference and plays the Nets in the finals and beat them fully healthy, he can be Go James. But anyways, um, so the trailer was released. You know, you got LeBron James, Don Cheadle. Uh, of course, you got the Looney Tunes in it. Um, 
what was your thoughts? I'll let you go first on this. I know we mean you kind of talked about it before the show, but what, what was your thoughts after seeing the initial trailer? Well, I'm excited for it. I mean, for one, I'm going to say it right now, LeBron is a way better actor than, than Michael Jordan, just definitively. Like, you can say he's not a better basketball he, he, player, but he's, he's a better actor. He's been in more movies at this point now. He was, I mean, in the two scenes I seen him in Trainwreck, I already knew for a fact he's a better actor than two hours of seeing Michael Jordan what, do whatever it was he was doing in Space Jam. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and knit that in the butt right now. So just off the fact the star of the film is going to be a better actor will level, will just make it levels better, in my opinion. Uh, outside of that, I'm kind of confused on the direction they're going with this because it was relatively a simple plot. Okay, NBA players get their talent stolen by the Monstars. Michael Jordan and a team of Looney Tunes has to win it back in a game of five on five. Okay, that makes sense. But with this one, okay, so then like some server land and Don Cheadle steals his son and he's got to go down to the Warner Brothers band of misfits crew somewhere and like all these Warner Brothers properties are all playing against each other. And then you got like Pennywise, man, Clockwork I, I, Orange, and all these I people did, in the crowd. I did, I did not recognize Pennywise, Pennywise in the crowd until I was watching people break down the trailer, watching Double Toaster, and he was there in the background. I'm like, bro, hold on, bro. It's like, what is he doing out here? He's like, man, this man's a murderer, bro. It's like, who let him in? He's not canceled. Like, who let him through the door? Who sold him? Pepe Le Pew can't be in, but Pennywise, the child, well, but Pennywise, is so literally, a dude who gets a little bit too physical with the shorties. Can't be in. We gonna let a man, a, a literal alien, whatever Pennywise is, who eats children, get front row, courtside. Okay, I mean it, it's interesting. So I don't know what the direction he they're going for dues. is. He, he must have paid his ticket price. He must have scalped <laughs> double the price. Something. He must have bought them tickets in Bitcoin. I say, let him in, let him in. I don't know, but uh, I mean, I, I think it'll be fine. I don't want to sit here and judge it off of this trailer i just feel like it looks more like warner brothers saying oh you know we own this property and we own that property and we I also own that see. property exactly like i don't got some nice tickets there's some nice tickets there <laughs> can, your can tickets flow too your tickets <laughs> flow too <laughs> i didn't mean to go I, I i was thinking in my head i didn't mean to cut you off keep going bro <laughs> no, 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 no that's the gist of it bro i just feel like I'm a little bit concerned about it because it just seems like this might turn into a marketing campaign for all the other things Warner Brothers owns instead of it being like an actual Space Jam sequel. But I'm not going to make a judgment based off a trailer. I'm going to wait and see what happens. And either way, I mean, it's not like this is going to be Citizen Kane or anything like that. It's a movie yeah. about a guy playing basketball with Looney Tunes. So I'm not going in there expecting some like super windy plot or some real themes and something deep. I just want to be entertained. So we'll see. So, you know, as me and you was talking about it before the show, compared to like, you know, the, the original Space Jam, I hold dear to my heart. I watched it a lot growing up. Um, it was very good. It was a very cool movie to see. Obviously, it's not like, uh, you know, one of the best films of all time type, but, you know, just a nostalgia and, you know, just seeing something like that, seeing literally the greatest player of all time, Goat Jordan, you know, in the movie with a bunch of Looney Tunes and, you know, as a child watching, it was very cool to see. And even then, the plot in that movie was simple. You know, like you said, mm. Michael Jordan, he's playing basketball. He gets sucked in. He goes into a hole where he's playing golf. He finds the Looney Tunes. And, you know, they need help, Uh, you know, to save, well, well, I think it was, I think they, because someone's going to happen to them first too, though, because the Monstars came and did something to them. It was going to take, like, their territory and turn it into, like, uh, oh, music change, park or something like that. Yeah, yeah. turn it to music mm -hmm. park and just use yeah. the Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. So that, so that, like, you have, like, you know, a basic plot, you know, and the movie wasn't there for the plot. It was more so for just the characters and Michael Jordan itself. Whereas with this movie, you know, it's based off the trailer. It seems a bit confusing, you know, of what's going on. Uh, you know, you you have you know LeBron James and his you know movie son in there. Um, obviously they ain't got Bronny James in there, but they got like this guy, this um, this young kid playing his son. And you know they on the elevator. And I guess the elevator gets hacked by Don Cheadle's character, and it takes him to this server room. And LeBron, you know, gets sucked in, and he's over traveling through the Warner Brothers world, and and they playing a game for. I can't remember what was the reason why they played the game to get his son back. To get his son to get his son back. I, I don't know. It's just it's Boy, not clear. It's, it's just, not. It's kind of all over the place. I I don't really know. I, I think it'll be fine because again, you know, you're not watching a movie like this for some very 
deep plot and for all this stuff like you just throwing everything at the kitchen sink to just be entertained so if i yeah. laugh and i have fun watching it i could care less but going into it looking at the trailer i don't really know what the direction we're going down is it like and it, even it's up and like, for me because even like well you talk about the warner brother characters they have in the background because in the first one you just had excuse me you had the extension of like it's the looney tunes world so I guess as you, you made a good point, you don't know if it's going to be like a marketing scheme because now what we see in this version, we just see literally all of like Warner Brothers like characters in the movie. You got King Kong, you got the Iron Giant, you got Pennywise, you got all these different type of characters in there. So what, you know, what is going to come of it? You know, but you also, um, I, I, it was, they literally, when they were showing the players, it was kind of quick for me to catch with my eyes. Uh, so I kind of went back and saw on internet who these players were, but you know you had some of the NBA players, and you got Dame Lillard, who mm-hmm. is the guy with the watch with the clocks on him. Uh, you got Big Bird, uh, who's Anthony Davis, uh, Kyrie, who I assume is the fire guy. I assume I know the, the water guy has to be Clay Thompson, it has to be Splash Brother, it has Splash to be. Man, <laughs> uh, Diana Taurasi as the snake. Um, and you know, it's it's it seems interesting, you know, just to see what it's gonna be. You know, we got Zendaya's Lola Bunny, which. I tweeted, it makes the, the most perfect sense to me. It makes the most perfect sense to me. To have I fun. bet it does. Right. Hey, bro. I'm a big fan. I said I bet it does. Work. I'm a big fan of Zendaya's work. She, I uh, bet you and are. Malcolm Marie was very good. I like Euphoria as well. Hey, anyways, while you over trying to <laughs> judge me for my, for my celebrity crush. No, go ahead. Go for it. Um, yeah, I just think the story, just based off the initial trailer, you know, it's... I wasn't I wasn't too impressed. You know, I, I was like, OK, I'm I'm, in, I'm happy that this movie's finally coming out. But as far as like the story and everything, I was like, I need to see more. So we'll, we'll see when that comes around. Um, let's go ahead and head right back into reality with the NBA world. Uh, you know, as we've been gone for about maybe like a, a month or so, close to a month, uh, we missed out on talking about the trade deadline buyout season. So. Obviously, we're not going to go over every move because you all, if you listen to this, you know, I assume that you are a big fan of basketball, so you would know what's happening already. But, George, you know, as the trade down line about season, as we are a week and a half or two weeks move, I think, from the uh, from that session, who have, what moves that impressed you the most? I uh, mean, as much as I hate to say it, Brooklyn getting Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge is uh, sadly a very good move for them because they basically – in my opinion, got a better big for one. And they got, um, what's his name? Claxton, who's already a better big than DeAndre Jordan. And now they got a stretch big with LaMarcus Aldridge, who he's not going to go out there and he's not going to really give you 25. Starting in center anymore. too. Yeah, because he can stretch the floor. And so I think you want to run a small ball lineup or not even really a small ball lineup, but like a five out type of lineup. Now you can throw Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge out there and space the floor out ridiculous. So if you're running a lineup with Kyrie, James Harden, KD, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge, you got five deep threats who can create well not really in terms of like going off the dribble like Lamar is not going to take anybody off the dribble especially at this line up Katie at the four right exactly like you you, exactly and you could do that now yeah you could put Blake Griffin at the five you could put Joe Harris at the four KD at the three whatever way you want to put that or KD at the four Joe Harris at the three but long story short you create this dynamic offense of people who can all attack off the dribble and spread the floor and you got them for basically nothing so I have to sit here and lie to you to say that's not a hell of a move like Kudos, Brooklyn. Lakers in five, though. Now, including that, the Lakers getting Andre Drummond. I feel like people who think that Andre Drummond make us like the clear-cut best team in the league are delusional because Andre Drummond, I don't even think Andre Drummond honestly is that big of a move for us because, yeah, he's a he's a way better big than Marcus Saul at this age and this point of his career, but he's an old-school big, a dinosaur, basically. Like, yeah, rebounding is important, but... At the end of the day, I'm not going to put him out there if they're running small with KD and Blake Griffin at the five. Like, he's not going to be able to hang. As soon as you take him out the paint, he's going to get killed. I will will, will raise this because as we saw y'all win the championship this past season with bigs, like, who played that similar style of, like, JaVale McGinn, Dwight Howard. When you say he's a version of that? Now, see, I think in that capacity, he is a good fit because he brings that same energy that JaVale and Dwight did. But remember, there was a lot of times when we were closing out series with Houston and when we played the Heat in the finals where we weren't even playing JaVale and Dwight. We were playing Marcus Morris and uh, Markeith Markeith Morris and Alex Caruso. We weren't even playing Dwight and JaVale because we wanted those high-energy wing defenders who could go out there and switch everything. Andre Drummond's not switching on nothing. 
He's switching off from the paint to the bench. Those are the only things he's switching between. He ain't going nowhere <laughs> outside of that. And that makes me concerned because I'm really looking just down the line against Brooklyn. And that's what we need. Now, maybe against the Clippers to get out the West, that's a good pickup for us. I think he would be good against the Clippers because they really just picked up DeMarcus Cousins as well. And they just picked up DeMarcus Cousins. Day. Right, and it's on ten day. Hopefully, he does. I love Demarcus Cousins. I really want him to find a home and actually be able to be a. I've been wanting him to go to Clippers for a minute too. We'll continue, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, but uh, I think for the West, it puts us in a good position. Like I like him for the most part against Jokic. I think Jokic is obviously a, a pretty good ball handler, so him guarding him on the perimeter might be a little tough. But he's not really a fast player, so hopefully, you can hang with him. And then just against the Clippers, I think having him as an interior body to be a rim protector and snatch up rebounds, considering they can't really throw somebody like a little Marcus Aldridge or drop somebody at the like a KD or anything like that is good. But really at this point, all roads lead to Brooklyn. And I don't think that makes us better against the Nets. So I think the Nets definitely had the best signing for my team. It's a good signing, but it doesn't really change much. It really just comes down to LeBron and AD being the best two players in the court at all times for us to win. So, so we'll see. Outside of that, uh, I think the Nuggets adding Aaron Gordon is a great move for them. I think he has that dynamic. I think that hole that Jeremy Grant leaving to go to Detroit that they lost because of that. I think he fills that hole pretty well. And um, there was one other move. God, there was one other move that was floating in my head. Oh, and the Clippers getting Rondo. I think that's a really big deal. I haven't seen much out of it yet because I didn't watch his first game that he played the other day with them. But oh, I think the Lakers, yeah, it, it didn't matter. Y'all got blown out. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even want to watch it, bro. I, already knew it. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it, so I didn't even. But I think for him, for them long term, that's going to be a great move because that's exactly what they've been missing, a floor general. Because as good as Kawhi and PG are, they're not guard. So having a guy like Rondo who can go out there, especially in his playoff form, that's a good pickup for them. Lakers in five still, though. So <laughs> sorry to get y'all's hopes up. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on this, on um, just, you know, agreeing on who had the best moves. I say that, um, you know, in terms of trades, I think, like you said, the Aaron Gordon trade to Denver was really good for them. Um, they they got they added more depth because now you can't put Paul Millsap on that bench now. And – you hear me? Oh, uh, no, I think it just dropped me for a second. So I, I missed what you said after I stopped talking. Okay. Um, I had to cut that out. But, okay. So I, I was saying basically that um, I say I'm agreeing with you on what you say. I say Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets is probably my favorite trade that took place uh, because I think him and that system, because they always have Michael Porter Jr. play the four a little bit. Um, I think him and that system – it's, it, it works. I think it, it's a good fit for them. You know, you get yes, the athletic bid, athletic bid who kind of stretched it forward. And we see him now play more defense because where he was asked to be, you know, have a major role in Orlando. Now he comes to Denver. He's a fourth scoring option on that team because you already got Jokic, you got MPJ, you got Jamal Murray. You know, that, that mm-hmm. load, and he even wanted this. He didn't want that load there anymore. And, you know, kudos to him for recognizing who he is as a player because, you know, we see players – like a Jeremy Grant who wanted to lead to go to Detroit and trying to, you know, be a star on a losing team. You know, right. we, we see players who kind of, you know, get that big and be like, you know, I can get this, you know, granted, go get your money, but to recognize where you fit in the team and where your talent is. Yeah. I think that's really good maturity, especially for him at a young age. Um, so him on that team, I think is a great fit for them. And I think, you know, there'll be a team to look out for heading into the playoffs, especially the, the year that Jokic is having that man's a beast. Oh, he's um, a monster. He's something else. He, he really is. Um, also, you know, with the signings, Brooklyn, of course, where we talk about Blake Griffin, we didn't get to talk about the Marcus Aldridge. That was a surprise uh, buyout to me because rumors was happening he was going to Miami. And I was thinking that Drummond's going to go to Brooklyn. That's the move I really wanted. Um, but, you know, as we saw, they wanted uh, Kevin Durant, who had been recruiting LaMarcus, you know, fellow Texas alum. Um, mm. So that, that recruiting, Kevin Durant is playing a big recruiter here. And I kind of don't like how people are kind of throwing some shade at Kevin Durant for this. And for, you know, f- for him going out and getting these players and recruiting and making <laughs> forging this team as if right. LeBron James didn't do it himself. Like he said, like he tweeted, he said, does this one hurt my legacy too? Or something like that. <laughs> Man, because like, is it, because like, I don't, like, I, I'm with KD. Like, I, that's why I like them. That's really, you, you, you talk, you talk on me all the time about me supporting them, but that's probably the reason why I like them guys is because they really, you know, they going against what people are saying. It's just kind of really just being themselves. Now, granted, how Katie goes about it, like you, as we saw with his Michael Rappaport situation, you know, even though that's, I don't really blame him for what he did. Uh, it's just Rappaport shouldn't have leaked it. And, you know, people could talk about the apology, but 
I, I like them for for you know just what they are personality wise. But in, in terms of like just the like going back to the buyout, I think it was good. I think the trade for Vucevic to Chicago is pretty good. You know, I think they're looking towards the future. Um, with the line that they got with Kobe White, Zach Levine, uh, their rookie, they got in uh, what was this? It's Williams, Robert. I think it was last. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. I knew it was like a, a name that I heard before. It's, actually, I, I know Patrick Williams from from, from Mill. Um. And uh, they got Laurie Marketing, who's starting to play better, and Vuzvi. I think that's a good five going forward. Uh, I think Chicago is trying to make a push to be a more competitive team, as we saw. They sent in a playing tournament on the East right now, especially with the season Zach Levine is having and Vucevic. So, apparently, too, I think it was a good move. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, Rondo, too. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, the Clippers are trying to get Rondo in the offseason, but – you know that he wanted his money, and they had mm. to get rid of Lou Will just to get him back. So smart move on Rondo right there. Playing, they were trying to get rid of. They're trying to get off Lou Will anyway because of all the problems he had with Paul George and uh, Kawhi with him and Montrez anyway. So I think it's a perfect move for them. Like they get rid of Lou Will. I don't know if there was still that same ill will. I don't think. But... I don't think it was many problems between them. I know Trez had problems with PG. I know they had mentioned. They had mentioned some stuff. There was Trez. It wasn't as much Lou Will, but it was rumblings that Lou Will was also somebody they had issues with, and they were trying to come off his contract. The problem was that. Lou Will being such an undervalued player at making eight million a year, it was hard for them to have, you know, that one-to-one trade for somebody making that little money who's gonna give them the same level of production. So that's why he was so hard to get to move off of. And he said he was thinking about retiring after he got traded too. So who who's no? We might see him retire soon after he finishes his contract. Cause now he went from playing a championship contender team to I mean, even though they are fourth in the East, the Hawks I mean, are really going to he's, he's, he's closer back to them lemon peppers. That's why I said. I, exactly <laughs> what I told you. I said, now you can get those lemon pepper wings every day now. Every day now. Every day now. And, so, you, know, they don't, and you don't. they don't care about no type of COVID, nothing in Georgia. So he good to go. Hell no, nah, he don't care. So he, he can go ahead and visit right. Magic City anytime get those wings. Um, but let's talk about, you know, as you talk about uh, Lou Will's contract, let's talk about somebody who got a big payday. Uh, Drew Holiday got a four-year, $130 million extension with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, when I saw this, I thought, I'm like, Drew Holiday getting a, a, a four-year, $130 million extension? I thought he was I thought he was older than what he is because Lou, I mean, not Lou, Drew Holiday, they did play together, though. Uh, Drew Holiday been in the league for some time, but he got he came in 2000, 2009, though. I that gets goes to show you. I mean, only been eleven years. He's only thirty years old now, too. So right. they got they got him while he's in his prime. He's playing very well for the Bucks, um, too. And he's and we've seen over the past couple of years he's become a better defender, a good playmaker on the team. Well, probably one of the most, as many players say, underrated players in the league. Um, but with this move, you know, the Bucks they lock up their three main players on the team. You got. Um, Giannis, who just signed a uh, max super max deal in the offseason, Chris Milton, who got his max the season prior, and you got you know Drew Holiday. These are literally their three best players. But is this good enough to win a championship? Not with a Brooklyn team that's literally got nukes on top of nukes stacked up. I think if there were a world where it was just Kyrie, James Harden, and KD, and they hadn't added all these other pieces, that maybe they could. And that's just the honestly, that's the worst part of all this super team stuff. Like, say what you want about super teams, and even though the Lakers can be considered one, I don't think so. We got two good players, a whole bunch of role players. I got two of the top five players though, and then a whole bunch of, but then a whole bunch of role players though. Like you looking at Brooklyn, they got two, they got three of the best top ten players give or take top 10, top 12, depending on where you put Kyrie. And then they got LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, who may not be prime. I'm, I acknowledge that. But, I mean, easily they're going to give you 15 points if you give them enough shots to do that efficiently. And then you got Spencer Dinwiddie, who's injured, but still was an all-star at one point, or all-star candidate at one point. So if he comes back from injury, that's six players who are quality all-star, fringe all-star level players on the same team. You just can't really compete with that. So with the Bucks. I just feel like, yeah, Drew Holiday's a great pickup, and he fixes a lot of the issues they had with a, another playmaker who could facilitate and play some defense, be an all-around 3 and D kind of player, but also facilitate and play good basketball within the system. And Giannis is obviously Giannis, and Chris Middleton is one of the more underrated players in the league. But what does that mean when you got to play KD, James Harden, Kyrie, and then a whole bunch of solid role players every day? So I think in a world where Brooklyn wasn't stacked, maybe, but in this universe where they are, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they might get one or two games. If the Brooklyn Nets are injured, maybe they might get them. But a healthy Brooklyn, I just don't even see it being worth it. Like, the only team I see in the East even giving them any type of reason to worry is the 76ers. And even that's a stretch, just because they don't have a big to guard Joel. Good points that you made there. Um, I would say for me, I don't think it is enough. But 
you know, the Bucks have been playing better. You know, where they they've been on this, you know, roller coaster of a ride of a season, uh, especially you know because Drew Holiday was gone for a good part, you know, out of COVID protocol. You know, when he's gotten back and he's gotten to the form that he is now, I think they, you know, they played better. And I think a big uh, critique on on their coach, on Budenholzer, is, you know, when it comes to playoffs. Because we saw Giannis, you know, and the Bucks. you know, he's two-time MVP back-to-back. And he's, they had a 60-win season, but we get to the playoffs, you know, they disappoint. And, you know, with this year, what they've been doing is testing different things where Budenholzer has been known, like I said, critique against him that he don't really change nothing up. And he's been changing stuff up in the season. And I've seen them in games outshoot a lot of teams, I seen them. I like I, I when I watch them, you know, they will outshoot a lot of teams. And, you know, like you said, having Drew Holiday there to be that playmaker, because you know, Blesso, even though he was a good guard, he wasn't really that playmaker that we that Giannis need to get load off him. Um, it makes things better. But is it enough to go against a team like you said against Brooklyn, who have all those players? Uh, no, it's it's not enough. And I've said it. I don't know if I said it on the record here, but I said Chris Middleton, no disrespect to him. He's having a great year, very efficient. Like he said he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, but I don't think he – in a championship team, I don't think he's your second best player. He's more to me like a third best player on a championship team. I think I, I that's how I see him. He's more of a third player, right. not a second player. And if he's your second, you have Drew Holiday, who is a great player. These are these are, these are are great players, you know. that In terms of right. if you're trying to get to a championship – I'm not too. I'm not too sure, but that puts a lot of onus on Giannis at that point, because Giannis is so great, and he got, and he's the main reason why these guys are here, and he's the reason why this team is even where they are right now. So he just, I mean, saying we got uplift his game more. You know, I saw, you know, he's becoming a, a slightly better free throw shooter, and you know, his three point, which has been a big hit on his game. You know, he's he's shoddy with that. So, and, he, and he's still young too. He's still a young guy himself. So I think for them to get to the championship level, it just has to depend on him and his greatness. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. But while we're talking about guys who competing for championship, let's talk about guys who's kind of, you know, falling off from the from the Mount Olympus. The Warrior Boys, Golden State. Hey, let's 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 bow our heads for Warriors fans everywhere, Zay Davis included. Bandwagon. Alrighty, we have our moment of silence for the Warriors fans because it's not looking too not not looking too good for you all. Um, while they're still in playing contention, uh, you know Steph Curry, you know is facing injury, especially you know with his tailbone, um, and it, they just been I don't know. They lost to the Raptors, who not even in the playoffs. I think they 11th seed in the East right now, maybe even 10th. So on that playing bubble, by 53 points. Let me say this again to you. Down by as much as 60, 61 at one point. It was ugly. The Golden State Warriors ugly. lost to the Toronto Raptors in 2021, y'all, by 53 points. Now, this grandest was without uh, Draymond Green and Steph Curry. But, you know, you have a guy like James Wiseman, who me included was thought was going to be a good, you know, addition to that team with good draft pick that they picked up. It's, and he's not himself. He is not having the best season. You know, there was even a point in time where he even got benched uh, for a little bit, you know, come off the bench. And, you know, the players was talking in the media because, you know, the media, you know, they're going to we, we going to talk about stuff like that. Um, they was like saying it was a teaching lesson for him. But, you know, his confidence isn't there. You know, for the season, he's averaging only 11.4 points and about close to six rebounds. For a rookie, you know, on his team, especially when you have a lot of games where you your best players aren't out and you are basically supposed to be that best player. Not impressive. The last seven games, um, he was an average in close to 10 points, about five rebounds and close to one block. Um, and in those last seven games, the Warriors only won one game. Now Wiggins, who has been a constant on that team, you know, I know you kind of, you feel some way about him. Uh, obviously as the best player on the team, you're not really doing nothing, but I Whole feel like nothing. you're not doing nothing, but I feel like, because, you know, Clay Thompson was supposed to come this season. Um, you know, the line, what that lineup, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman, that's a good lineup. You know, it sounds good. 
but the way they're playing now, which I, I credit to like their death. I really think what made the Warriors so good during the five years and the years before it was their death. And I don't think they really have as much death now. I mean, when you, when Clay comes back, you go and put Uber on the bench or to possibly get rid of him because he's not doing too – he's shoddy with them too. Um, you got Paschal who plays good in, in the minutes, I think. Uh, but, you know, your backup guards, you know, you got, you know, Louisville alum, you know, Damian Lee, shout out to him. Um Got who else? They got. I can't. Uh, they they still got Jordan Poole. Is he in the G League or something? I, I they pulled him. I think, out. I think he got him. I think they Bold, got uh, Brad, Brad K, Wanamaker. They, Brad got Wanamaker. Him. they still have a uh, K. Was it was it K. Kevin Luna? Oh, no, K. Kevon. Yeah, did they have him? I, I'm I, don't like, think, I, don't I don't think so. They got like uh, Rose Nico Mania. Yeah, uh, they got uh, they got Kevon Looney who who plays good, but you know. I'm hoping maybe in this offseason that they get some guys to come to them and, and you know, and lure them in and possibly go on this run again. Because I, as a basketball fan, you know, I like to see teams, you know, get good. It's, it's better when competition all around is good. So I'm hoping that happens. But what's your, what's your outlook on the Warriors and what's going on with them recently and where the their same, future might go? It's the same outlook I always had. Because I said before the season started, they wouldn't even make the play-ins, the playing uh, tournament. They were honestly doing better than I thought they would be doing. Because I just look at that roster and I see a really good player MVP level player and stuff. I see a guy like Draymond Green who within a system can be a all-star level caliber kind of guy. And I see a whole bunch of role players who can only really get in where they fit in. And if they're not fitting into a system that's winning, they're just going to be all below average cast of misfits. And I think it's really just exposing itself now because if you watch that game they had against the Hawks. I mean, Steph Curry is just getting double teamed the entire court is shading him. He kicks to Draymond. He kicks to Kelly. He kicks to Andrew Wiggins. And they're not even shooting the ball sometimes because they don't even have enough confidence to even let it go now. And I just feel like that is just not a good team. That's just not a good team. You lose by 50-something points to a team that's not even in the playoff picture, really, in the Eastern Conference. That doesn't really look good on your resume. So, personally, I didn't have them making the play-in tournament, and this just confirms the thing I already believed. So, I mean, I'm hoping that they get Klay Thompson back next year and that helps them become back into that top four seed. But even still, I look at them with Klay Thompson and with that same roster they have, they're missing another playmaker. Like Draymond is a playmaker within a system, but he's not going to bring the ball down, make a move, and then find somebody and make his teammates create. He's not going to create for his teammates in the way that a Steph Curry could. And you need that secondary ball hand. Like even before KD got there, they had Sean Livingston who offered a lot of that off the bench. They had Andre Iguodala who offered a lot of that. They don't have another guy who does that right now. And so until they get a second guy, I just don't really see this team being any better than the six to five seed, even with Clay back next year. And, you know, with Wiseman, too, it's not like I don't I, I, I'm not going to lose all hope in him this off this, you know, this kind of a slump of a season because watching him, I've seen flashes like I've, I've seen him take it coast to coast and move through transition like a smooth big. Like I remember people talking about it, it was like Giannis like when he did a, a transition play like that. So I see hope in the guy like I don't necessarily think that he's, you know, down and out, but you would expect to see more from him this season, especially, you know, he is kind of a big piece for them going forward, especially if they want to get back to championship competition. Because if you look at it, you know, with that, you know, potential starting five, he is theoretically that third best player on that team. Would you, would you say if it's with him, Steph, Clay, no, Biggers, with that. Yeah. he's supposed to be the third. So you will hope that he just gets better at that. And, you know, going forward, he I mean, he's, young, he's young, though. He's young. He is like, young. He, ain't it out he is young. And he didn't. He didn't play that many college games either. So that 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 is a, that is a big point. So that's why I say I'm not losing too much hope on the guy. You know, I just hope that the Warriors as a whole just get it together because the having You know, it's ain't nothing like seeing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson getting hot. Ain't nothing like it. Oh no. Ain't nothing like it, the NBA. Because no. even the NBA is more fun when the Warriors are good. It is when you have those major market teams like that. It's 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 fun. So. As we as you talk about the Warriors and you know where they lay in playoff contention, let's just talk about what the playoffs are shaping off to be all together. Uh, so let's go. I got just a couple few questions. You know, we ain't got to spend too much time on it, but you know, just kind of dive on a little bit and you know, just give your thoughts. Um, and as the playoffs are shaping up, who has impressed you so far? I'll let you go first. Oh, big fan of the Phoenix Suns. I said it before the season started that I think Chris Paul is just one of those guys that you just put him in a system and they just become better. And to me, the Suns always had the pieces to be good. Devin Booker is one of the best upcoming guards. DeAndre Ayton 
overshadowed by Trey Young and Luka Doncic, but a great player from that 2018 draft class who's been putting up consistently double doubles, that year. 20 points, 10 rebounds. To, yeah, exactly. Number one pick that year. And he's been getting completely overshadowed by Trey Young and Luka Doncic for good reason, but he's still a good talent. Then you got a bunch of pieces on a bunch of pieces there who I feel like come together to make a great team. You just needed that guard who could really lead the offense and the defense and then put them in a situation where they could maximize the pieces that they had. And I see what he did with, with the thunder. And I knew if he goes to Phoenix, he could do that with even better outputs. And sure enough, they're the two seed coming into like the back 25% of the season. So I can't just say anything, but seeing his praises, like Chris Paul, people were talking about him. Why did he become an all-star? Like, have y'all watched any of the games? It's not about the numbers. It's about the impact that he makes on that court. And there's not another player this side of LeBron James and maybe, maybe Steph. And it's even that's hard to say right now because the, the, the Warriors aren't looking that hot. That I feel like has more impact on winning for a team. So definitely the Suns. Also the 76ers. I'm actually really surprised at how good they are. And obviously the 76ers have been good in the past. So I'm not going to sit here and say like 76ers have been outside the playoffs all this time. And they finally got good this year. But just with Joel Embiid and then the addition of all these shooters on the side, Tobias Harris has been playing great. Seth Curry has been playing great. A whole bunch of these players have been playing phenomenal. Doc Rivers, as much hate as he was getting, a lot of hate of which I gave to him in Los Angeles, he's proven himself to be a great coach with a great player who can make really good players into a really great offense and defense. Uh, I hate on Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. And I hate on Ben Simmons and he's not been offensively what I would have wanted him to be. I feel like he took a major slide down that way. And I'm always going to be mad at him for not being able to shoot the damn ball as a person who makes millions of dollars in the NBA to do one thing. But he's a, the best defender in the league, basically. He's at least like runner up to defensive player of the year this year. in my He's mind. my he's my so, he he's my pick, but I don't know. They might go with Rudy Gobert. They could Rudy, go with Giannis. They could go with some of these people. I don't know. They you know how they usually go. They go with the team with the best the with the best offensive efficiency rating. I think the the Jazz have that, and that's how he's won the other two. So I mean, they might give it to him. I don't know. It's just easier to give it to a big man than it is a guard. Even though you can make the argument Ben Simmons really is just a big that can dribble. But uh, definitely seventy six Suns and seventy sixes for me. I'll give it to you on the Suns. Suns has definitely impressed me the most. I know me and you when we talk about like this preseason ranking uh, rankings. The Suns wasn't really. I didn't really have you know that much of high hopes. I didn't really pick them to be a number two seed. I think you picked them maybe to be like a four for six seed. But number I said two four. Seed, yeah, you I'm said surprised. four. They did better than me, and I was already high on them. Yeah, so they they doing it too. And Chris Paul has had a major impact on the team. Devin Booker too, who who who's impressing and you know still proving the doubt is wrong because you know Devin Booker don't get that type of love, but you know he's in the Western Conference too, and you know it's a lot of guards out there. At least you know with James Harden being gone, that kind of opens up for him to be maybe the best two guard in the West. Uh, but this that team as a whole, like you said, the players they have, a lot of young guys. Michael Bridges, um, the addition of Jay Crowder, they got um, Frank Kaminsky. Uh, they got Dario Sarek. They got Cam Johnson. They got, you know, these guys. Who, and Monty Williams as a coach who's coaching them very well. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to see that. You know, growing up, I was a Phoenix Suns fan. Uh, Steve Nash was my favorite player. Uh, so it's good to see this. I also say the Jazz have impressed me this year because, you know, as we saw them in the first round last season or of, uh, the play- or the playoffs going against the Nuggets, you know, they got eliminated, but they put on a good show, especially Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the reason why we saw they lost was because Donovan didn't have enough help when it comes to those moments. Um, but seeing him this year, you know, Mike Conley has gotten better. You know, he uh, adjusted to the system. So he's playing really good. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, six man a year candidate. Six man year for sure. He's playing very well. Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's still doing Donovan Mitchell stuff. But now that these other players are being elevated and they're shooting the lights out of everybody, it's it's made them better as a team. And it's, and it's good to see. And it's I, I they have impressed me the most because I didn't see this coming from them. I really didn't. Seeing them be number one like this and going these streets that they have is impressive. Um, now, let's go to who has disappointed you while we talk about who's impressed you. Uh, I say the Pelicans have disappointed me the most because you got guys, you got Zion, you got B.I., who was an all-star last year, and Zion's an all-star this year. 
and you got Lonzo Ball, who they talked about trading, but they ended up not trading. I'm glad they actually didn't. I think you keep Lonzo with those two guys. I think that's a good fit of the trio. Um, and they signed Steven Adams, which I thought was a great move. I, I like that addition of having Steven Adams down there with Zion. That's a formidable um, front court with B.I. That's, that's, that's a good front court. I like that, actually. Um but, you know, having Bledsoe start with Lonzo, I kind of I, – I don't like that kind of, you know, the, not too – even though Lonzo, he shot eight threes. He made eight threes the other day. You know, he's become a better, better shooter nowadays. But them two in the backcourt, while they are going defensive and offensively, uh, I, eh, I'm not feeling it. Because as I, I've stated, and it's starting to be talked about a little bit more, I told you this. I put this on record. I said Stan, McCunney, Stan Van Gunny's not the coach for now. I said that, I and I, I I still wholeheartedly believe it. Like while Zion is playing more of the point now, you know he you would see Zion bring down the ball. Brandon Ingram sometimes gets lost in offense, and, and we even saw last season, Bri was that guy for them. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just 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 watching them play, it just doesn't you know seem it just doesn't feel right. I feel like they should be better than what they are. Like, I really do. I really feel like they should be better with the guys they have. And they have plenty of young guys on that team, too. I feel like they should be better than what they are. That's why I felt like with Stan Van he wasn't a coach for them. You know, maybe if we see if the Celtics don't really pan out, uh, maybe Brad Stevens, I, I think that'd be a good fit for him in, in, in New Orleans. I think it'd be a great fit for him. If they, if they ever decide to get rid of Stan Van Gunn, that's a great fit. I think that's where you should go because I don't think Stan Van Gunn is the coach for them. I don't think, you know, what he's trying to teach them guys, I don't think it's getting through. I don't think he's playing them right very much. But who who has disappointed you? Well, I think the Pelicans is definitely an honorable mention for me. The only reason that they didn't make my list is because I didn't really think that highly of them. I had them as like one of the play-in teams going into the season anyway, just because I looked at a lot of their signings and I wasn't that high. Like to me, why are you signing Eric Blitzer when you have Lonzo? Why are you getting Steven Adams when you have Zion? I just feel like I don't want these players together. They just didn't mesh with me. Well, they and traded I just don't think less so for Drew Holiday. That came in the trade. All right, I just don't. I just didn't like that move. Like, I felt like there were so many other players you could have got that would have been better. Like Dante Divincenzo would have been a great player for them to have gotten in that move. In my opinion, I think he would have been great for this team. But in my opinion, I, I didn't really think that highly of them. I didn't think they'd be this bad, but I didn't think they were going to be that good either. For me, it was a tie between the Celtics and the Mavericks, just because they both kind of fit in the same model of really good young teams with good coaches that were expected to be a lot better this season that ended up not meeting their potential and not because of I guess for the Mavericks, there was uh, some COVID issues in the beginning and then Porzingis was injured and he hasn't really played all that well yet, but Luke just hurt his wrist. Yeah. just hurt his wrist. So he's made, he's a glass cannon. He's got a lot of potential, but every time he goes out there and does it, he breaks something, hurts something or get kicks out the game. So I just don't think that <laughs> the Mavericks have been able to hit their potential partially because of that, but just generally because their defense is trash and there's not a lot of people on that team who, who are really creating. So Luka Doncic is going out there taking these really difficult shots all the time. And he's, I mean, uh, people talk about James Harden's step back, but Luka Doncic's uh, step back is equally nasty. I, I, I'm on, equally you know, nasty. I'm on kind of disagree with you on that. I think they do. I think with Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson kind of the bench, I think they do got some good creators. And I think like you pointed out, they, they did have some COVID problems, but I think because where they was at the beginning of the season, they was abysmal. Like I really, I was like, dang, I was really disappointed. I was like, damn. Oh, but they were terrible. They, well, they were terrible. for them, for them to be a seven seed in the West and continue to go up and continue to win games, I think it's. I, I would say I'm. I'm I, I think they are where they should be, or they should be up a little bit more. Maybe you know, coming to see, I think I'll probably have like maybe like a five seed. Maybe they're making uh, a push, but coming into the season, everybody had them two. Three, maybe some people even had them one. Luka so had, for them Luka to was be MVP odds, he had most favorite. Right, he was he was my he was my own preseason pick. So I'm just disappointed in them just because I expected them to be better. Same thing with the Celtics. I came in this season. I can't remember exactly what my uh, prediction was. But I think I had Celtics top three. I felt I'll like Jason Tatum. Like Jason Tatum was supposed to be in that top five pantheon of East players, and he has been playing like it. Same thing with Jalen Brown. I thought Kimba was going to be better. I have a ton of respect for Brad Stevens because I watched what he did with those Butler teams. <laughs> what we did with the Isaiah Thomas Celtics and generally when Kyrie was healthy, what he was doing with those Celtics teams. And I just haven't seen it come together. And I just don't like when teams who have a lot of talent just squander it, especially when they play well. So the Pelicans were kind of in that same niche, like that same market. They fit that same group to me. I just expected less from the Pelicans than I did from the Celtics and the Mavs. So that's why I picked those two. I, 
with the Celtics, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I can see what you're saying with the Celtics. Um, kind of, they they are kind of disappointing. So, it, it they are trying to fight their way. And with Brad Stevens, I like as we talked before the show. I think maybe the team because watching them play, I just think they it looked look like it's too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, you got Jalen Brown who's become a better you know uh, offensive scorer on his own, and you got Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker who's already doing that. So I think I think this, this, distributing the ball more kind of help that team because they got the pieces, but it's just I don't the, the system they have right now is not working for them. Uh, but on to the next question: current standings. What is your favorite matchup? If, as you look at you know what's going on, like I said today, April six, you know one one through ten, or it's one through eight because we're not really counting the playing games. One through eight. What's your favorite matchup? I think I definitely like the Celtics. Versus the 76ers, I think just because it's that Eastern Conference rivalry. And then you have a team like the Celtics, who, in my opinion, are they playing right now, actually. They played yeah. early. Oh, yeah, they're, they're playing. Oh, they are playing right now. I just think the Celtics are much better than they are record-wise, which means that will be a very competitive series. Then you've got bad blood between those teams. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid don't really like the Celtics. They've played multiple times last year. Last year, they played with Ben Simmons' engine. They got swept. So I know Joel Embiid's going to come in there with a chip on his shoulder. He's playing his best basketball. Then I just generally believe that the Celtics are going to figure it out and get better and make that a really competitive series. I could see going six or seven if they do play each other in that first round. So I just think that would be a good matchup just because it would be fun to watch on a competitive level and on a rivalry level. So as it stands right now, um, you'll you'll see why I say that on the next question, but as it stands right now, I think Nuggets and Lakers are my favorite. You know, talking about what we talked about with the Lakers, uh, the Nuggets, I mean, with their trade they did with Aaron Gordon and just how that team has been with Jokic uh, and, you know, Michael Porter Jr., you know, showing his, doing his thing uh, versus the Lakers, you know, coming back, um, which we assume they'll be fully healthy come first round. I think it'll be a very fun, very fun first round matchup. It is, I mean, you can you can you can say the Lakers are going to go, and it's I don't know though. Could we see the Nuggets, you know, impress us last season? And though the Lakers was one to take them down the Western Conference Finals, you get that matchup in the first round. I think it'll be very exciting to see those two teams go against each other um, in the playoffs. Uh, so. I, that's my favorite matchup between the two. You know, seeing LeBron James and AD take on Jokic and Jamal Murray. I mean, that ain't gonna be my favorite. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them first round. We need somebody. You don't, don't want to see the Nuggets? Nah, not particularly. Nah, Why nah, not? nah, nah. We got Go we got ahead. some damaged goods. We got damaged goods right now, and they doing the thing. I, I prefer not to see them yet. I'd rather see them than the Clippers, though. Like, I really don't want to get stuck with the Clippers first round. Oh yeah, that, that is my I, worst fear. I wake up in cold sweat seeing them boys on the other side of the bracket first round. Ooh, can you imagine that the battle for LA first round? Come on, that's too that's too good NBA. Come on now, you can't that's you can't. Y'all gotta y'all can't be doing that up front. Yeah, I say the best for last. You can't be teasing me like that, baby. Come on now. Yeah, let me <laughs> wait. Something. Come on. Now. All right. Anyways, <laughs> bold prediction heading to the playoffs. As I said um, with the last question, you know, current standings wise was my favorite matchup. But my bold prediction as we enter the playoffs, as we about to close out the season, as playoffs start in mid May, I say the Lakers will fall to the seventh seed mm. and face the Suns in the first round. Hey, sorry, Phoenix. Y'all having a good run, but it ain't gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be enough. I, I don't, and I, hey, hey, they could surprise if they. Hey, Bucket Patrol, you know if y'all lose the first round, you know we coming on here. You know we coming. I ain't on nah, here. I'm not coming on. You know, I'm calling sick. you I'm know calling we sick. coming on here. You coming talk. on? You coming on? Mm-mm, I ain't coming on here, but I ain't worried about it because we're not gonna lose. At the end of the day. It'd be a bad. It'd be bad news for Phoenix to see us first round. It would. You, be. Have, you have such a great season just to go out in five. That's tough. I want y'all to at least get to the second round. But hey, look, I ain't worried about that. I think it's very possible. Uh, AD supposed to come back. I think in the next one or two weeks. LeBron, I'm not really sure exactly what the ETA on that. Last time I heard it was something like two to three weeks potentially before they reevaluate and see Four. where he stands. Four. So uh, it's gonna take a while for that, and I'm not really in a rush for it because to me. If one thing we learned about LeBron is that seeding is not important. Just let him come into the playoffs healthy, and he's going to be whoever gets in front of him. So I ain't overly concerned about it. But I would prefer to be up in that home court standing, obviously. I would like to have home court throughout the playoffs. I definitely don't want to see the Nuggets or any of these other teams where we got to go to Denver or we got to go to Utah. I don't want that. I don't think that would make it any easier for us. So 
I'm hoping that don't happen, but I'm not going to lose any sleep about it if we coming in as a 6-7 seed. As long as we don't have to play the Clippers in the first round, we cool. But for me, my bold prediction, Warriors missed the play-in tournament. It's the same bold prediction I had in July. It's the same bold prediction I have now, and I'm sticking to my guns. And I think I put money on the table already with you and, and Zay. I'm not 100% sure if I did. I know I did with Zay. Not with me. I bet. I know I did. I know I did. With I bet. I bet against you against the field. Lakers win the championship, and I guess so wack. It's so wack. You get twenty nine teams and injuries. You did. You did the bet. You did the bet. No, because you were scared. You didn't want to take Brooklyn, so I had to give you the field. You did the bet. You You did because you was afraid to take Brooklyn. Even with KD and Kyrie, you were still afraid to take them. So I had to give you the field just so you would stop trembling and shake my hand. So at the end of the day. I ain't mad about it because Lakers in five. And that's a lifestyle. It's an ideology. It is a philosophy. I'm going to have it tattered on my wrist. But, hey, Warriors don't make the playoffs. I would say Lakers win in five against the Nets in the finals, but that ain't bold. That's facts. Laker propaganda being spewed here on trade ball once again. Is it propaganda if it's true? It ain't true if it ain't even happened yet, player. So um, ESPN released – uh, they released the best 25 under 25 list based on future potential. You are, you want to go? I, I know you have the list in front of you. Uh, yeah, we, you I'm all can check the it. list. You all can check the list online. I ain't going to go through it all for y'all. But the shocking, you know, the shocking part where a lot of people talk about, we see Stephen A talk about it on sports on a first take this morning. And, you know, he's looking at it himself. Yeah, the mellow ball, well, Let's go. Number one, you got Luca. Okay. Fair. Can't Zion. Zion at number two. Okay. Can't argue that. The mellow ball at number three. <sighs> That's where people are having the the raise your eyebrow moment. This is based on future potential. So with that caveat, that needs to be in bold, underlined asterisks hyphens, like everything, all the things that you can use to emphasize that last three words right there is important. Because today, hell no. <laughs> hell no. You, boy, are you out of your mind? Come on, now stop it. But, but future-wise, I think it might be a little premature to put LaMelo at number three over Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. But he has Charlotte, the four seed in the East. I'd say the East, the most competitive conference in the world. But, at, you know, as a guy who wouldn't even start in the first quarter of the season to have a team like Charlotte at the four seed playing some really good basketball, putting up 21, six and six, I believe, before he got injured. Future value wise, I could see that. I wouldn't have done it, but I see your argument and I'll allow it. Now, what you're not going to do is put Devin Booker and Ben Simmons below De'Aaron Fox. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that, 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 that was a shocker to me, too. Even though De'Aaron Fox is having a good year this year. He hasn't even been an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a snub. We had him as a snub this year. Up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Versus two guys who actually are all-stars. <laughs> oh, what, what, what? He's not even better than them now. I will agree with you on that, yeah. So, uh, he, is he, he's not even better than Bam. Honestly, is he better than B.I.? I don't even know if he's better than B.I. I don't think he's better than B.I. either. No. Is he better than Jalen Brown? Nah. Future potential-wise? Nah, not the way Jalen Brown's playing got, this year. And they got... No, Trey Young. Gang. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's, that's another, that was another shocker to me. They have Trey Young at 16. As if Trey Young. 99. As if Trey, well, that was last season's number. 27 and 9. 27 and 9. My bad. 27 and 9. My apologies for not getting it right to the year. Sorry. Exactly. So, you know, Trey Young, who we know was traded for Luka, you know, for the swap of the Mavericks in Atlanta, did. Who many have called the second coming of Steph Curry, who's coming in in his first three seasons, chewing, putting up, as you pointed out, ridiculous numbers. I don't know how he falls on 16. I guess maybe because of his size and, and lack of defense. But... You have a lot of plenty of great players who, you know, like AI and other guys who, you know, wasn't as strong defensively, who was able to put up good numbers. And these guys are great. So to put him down there all yeah, the way at 16. Like they got him below Shea, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. MPJ, I don't know. That guy's a bad man. He's a bad man. 
potentially, but what has he done now? He ain't done nothing right now. Trey Young has been an all-star starter. Trey Young is the best player on a team that's a home that has home court advantage in the East right now. Trey Young has been an all-star. Trey Young is putting up 27 and nine because he because <laughs> he should have been an all-star twice. I had to say it twice because he got snubbed this year. How do you go? See, that's a whole different argument. People. I like Trey Young, so I don't like when Trey Young gets snubbed. I just don't I, I don't enjoy that because it just don't make sense to me. Right. But and I mean, there's some other things on this list, too, that I'm looking at that I'm not really a big fan of. Like they got um, they got Tyrese Halliburton down at 21. In He's my right. opinion, I like I like Tyrese Halliburton. Honestly, I would put him a little higher. I would put him up there for one. Trey should be higher than 16, but I would put Tyrese Halliburton above that. Like, I think he has more potential than Anthony. Uh, Anthony Edwards played well, so I don't know about Anthony Edwards. Edwards Anthony Edwards really good now. He's playing real good. He is, even though, you know, his heart for the game is kind of questionable for me because he's, you know, he stated that he doesn't really care about basketball that much, but He's playing very well. I mean, but he's, we just judging off of talent. So I mean, he's a, he's a talented player. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my problems really is like this this top fifteen. You know, you get to a point where a lot of these players they're, they're very young or they haven't done a whole bunch. I can't really. I'm looking at now. They got Michael Bridges above Demontis Bonus, who was a two time All Star. Hey. You know, Zabonis about to turn 25, too. So that's that's really wild that they got like, – Michael Bridges is a, is a wing defender on the Phoenix Suns right now. Granted, they are the number two seed. But you got Zabonis, who is the best player on his team. 22-12-5 this year. Like, are we crazy? Did, did, did nobody look at the stat sheet when they looked at – did they just pick my name? Did they just look at names and start picking people? It can't be because if Zabonis is a bigger name than Michael Bridges – Come on, man. Like, I, I talked a lot about this. I had a lot to say about this list. So you can go. God, like Stephen A said, they should. I hope they locked down the campus and started drug testing people like piss on the spot. Gun, gun ahead. Pee in this cup. Oh, God. Not now. Not now. now. Not in this era with, with a bunch of these school shoes going it's on. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. This but, but, but I said a lot on this. I, I want you to go ahead and speak and tell me what you think about this one, Kendall. So, you know, I, I, as you see, I was kind of bouncing off of you what you said about this list. You know, it's a bonus being down there. It's kind of shocking to me. As I point out, Trey Young being down there low is really shocking to me, too. Uh, for LaMelo, though, I didn't get to speak too much on that one. In terms of, like, future potential, just I mean, if you're going based on what he did this year and his height and his size and what he's already been doing, you know, compared to, you know, what his criticism was coming into the draft and how he's already been improving on that coming into this season, he d- he does have a very high ceiling. He does. And, you know, and it's, you see him, him being 6'6", you know, he could possibly still grow. You, you, mm-hmm. we, we, 19, we, he got time. He got time. He could possibly still grow. And the way he's, like you said, he led to the Charlotte Hornets with Gordon Hayward, who played a big part in that team as well, even though he's out, right? He's out for four weeks now. So expecting to slide out the playoffs, maybe. Um, he played a big part in that team getting to where they are right now. So I wouldn't put him above. I, <clears throat> based on future potential, I guess. You know, I guess you can't because Devin Booker was in the West and he couldn't get his okay. seat to the playoffs. Off, off of future now. potential. Like, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, that's like, for LaMelo, it's okay because of that. those last three. Not in today, but I think because of his height, because of what he showed us his rookie year with a lot of progression that he could do. He still could grow. He could still get better. I would, I'd be, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm okay with it. And, you know, it's... But would you put him above Donovan though? Because Donovan, his rookie year, he came in and took his team to the playoffs. I feel like Lamelo could potentially be a better ceiling raiser for a team. I think Donovan has showed that he's like a great floor raiser in terms of like taking a team. Because I mean that Utah team when they lost Gordon Hayward and added him, nobody was even expecting them to make the playoffs. They ended up beating Russell Westbrook's Thunder in the first round. So I mean that is yeah. Point it out. It was important. I thought you would. I thought you'd appreciate it. But uh, I, I think that as a ceiling raiser, like his peak is higher than where Donovan's is. I don't want to say because Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorite players in the NBA, and I just love his game. I love the way he comes into the game, and generally, I just like players who get overlooked a lot because Donovan Mitchell gets overlooked a lot. I feel like this year now the Jazz are the top seed. The people are talking about him more, but he's been doing this for years. He's been doing this for years. The only difference now is the record is better. That is the only difference. So uh, I, I like Donovan Mitchell, but I feel like LaMelo, if we talk peak versus peak, potentially LaMelo would be better, honestly. 
So okay. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too. You I'm know. surprised they put Donovan over Jason Tatum actually. Like I, I would put him there, but I feel like they would put Jason Tatum over Donovan. Maybe I think maybe because of this season too. I think maybe that's why I look at him that way. Because mm-hmm. I, I, there isn't if you watch them, there isn't. There's not too much improvement in in Jason Tatum's game. Like yeah, he's a better scorer. But as I mentioned earlier, like what about getting the other guys involved? You know, can you become a better playmaker in that in that sense? And you know his his defense hasn't been there as much this year as well too. So. Maybe if you if you if they, if they took that if they took this year into perspective, maybe that's why the Aaron Fox is so hot too, just because based off this year alone. So what has he done this year? He's put up good numbers. He's putting he's up twenty two and seven. I can give you multiple guys on this list is doing that or better that are below him right now. Trey so, Young, Trey Young, Bi's putting up what twenty five four and four right yeah. now. Devin Booker's putting up like what twenty five. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown putting up twenty seven seven and, and four. Sabonis putting up twenty two twelve and five. All right, all right, all right, all right. You proved the point. The Kings aren't even in. Are the Kings even in the play in right now? Pull it up. Pull it up. I know you. I'm, 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 I'm looking it up because I'm upset about that. Like, when did people? <laughs> when did people start getting high off of the? He wasn't even considered a snub for they're the twelve seed. <laughs> what? Okay, is it all games on the 500? Is that is that all on De'Aaron Fox though? You know the Kings have been a good organization for many years now. So De'Aaron really putting them on his back like that. Like we put De'Aaron on the Hawks. The Hawks is gonna be the best team in the East. If we put De'Aaron Fox on the Pelicans, they're gonna be the number one seed in the West. No God, no God. Okay, no. okay then. Like I like Aaron. He's a UK. He's a UK guy. He's our class. He's literally our class. He's a freshman. Hey man, okay, bam. He was a freshman. Yeah, hey man, bam. But come on now. You tell me right now. Gun to your head in a fantasy draft. You put all the GMs in the league together, <laughs> and you have to draft out of this pool of players. Twenty players under twenty-five. You tell me right now. De'Aaron Fox is going number six, and I promise you. Gun to your head, lie detector on your wrist, you lie, you die. On your heart, on your heart. Put it on your heart, your brain, strap it to the whole body. Strap it to your whole body right now. De'Aaron Fox going six or higher. <laughs> and both at Graham Hell Gold. no! <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Hell no. Swipe uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> swipe the fox. Hey, we're going to quit talking bad about the guy, man. I like De'Aaron Fox. I, I hate that, that ESPN makes me do this. They made me do this because I couldn't come on here and talk about it and not mention the blasphemy that was put on this screen today. I'm going to let it go. I'm done. Nah, I... <laughs> We just go ahead and do that, no, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I love you, De'Aaron. I, I really do. Like, I don't know if you'll ever see this, but if you do, trust and believe you're a great player. But shout out to your engagement. Shout out to your engagement, man. Shout out to De'Aaron Fox engagement too. Man, shout bro. out to you. Yeah, shout out to you, bro. Shout out. <laughs> so we're going to end the show on that note, man. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in for an episode of Trey Ball. <laughs> you got any more closing words for this, Georgia? Is that it? Nah, that's six. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> and Trey Young, six. <laughs> Have a great day, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. hey peace out, y'all. Y'all take care. <laughs>